You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. I've got uh, some exciting news for people out there who want to win money. Two of the sports most respected fighters step back in the This Oh, you want to? Okay, well, I got news. Uh, I would love to win some money. Oh, I need you to get on DraftKings because this weekend oh, okay. the welterweight title and DraftKings is the official daily fantasy partner of USC and they're giving you a shot at huge cash prizes for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering new players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. You just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap and pile up points for advances, takedowns and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs this weekend. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the uh, DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total Pro total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. stars one cup podcast here on the hockey podcast network i'm shippy and joining me as always is my man craig ludwig you know one thing that won't disappoint you is ish beard works did you know that 15 out of 10 of the best hockey players of all time have glorious beards don't check my mouth i'm pretty sure it's right it may or may not be true but if you want that stanley cup championship quality beard check out ish beard works and men's hygiene they make lightly scented handcrafted all natural men's grooming products for the man who wants to look good without smelling like a pine tree farted in his face. And guess what? They donate a portion of the profits to charities that support children in foster care and awaiting adoption. So not only are you getting your beard game right, you're helping out some kids in need as well. So go to ishbeardworks.com. That's I-S-C-H beardworks.com and check everything that they have to take your beard game and hygiene to the next level. Ish Beardworks is the proud official sponsor of this official Dallas Stars Focus podcast and official creator of the baddest ass beards in all of DS- DFW. It's the ish. So can you. All right. Now, uh, Luds, for this portion of the podcast, I'd really like to discuss, you know, we kind of have talked about it at different times, but the, the future of this team, the youth of this team, because I think the second line that the Dallas Stars showed in their second game against the Chicago Blackhawks, which was Robertson, uh, Hans and Garyanov, I really liked a lot of things that I saw from that line because I think all three of those guys bring a unique, like they're, they're very similar players, especially to me, Hans and Garyanov. But I think all three of them really complement each other well, and they really popped out on the ice, you know, against the uh, the um, Blackhawks the other day. Jason Robertson made a really nice stick lift, which led to the Rupe Hens goal. Um, what did you see from that line um, in their, you know, first action together against the Blackhawks? Well, I think that they have similarities. Obviously, they can skate. And, and when you look at it, and, you know, anytime that you put a line together, and coaches kind of change this over the years, but you typically put two players together, and then you get somebody that can complement those two because yeah. it's real hard to, to find the three. And so, you know, I think Gary On was a shooter for sure. Yeah. This is a skater. Gary Honor can skate. 
Hints uh, to me will take more pucks to the front of the net. Like mm-hmm. he'll come outside in a D, and he doesn't have that fear factor where he's not going to drive hard. And, and but it, there used to be where the offside defenseman would come over and kind of knock you out every once in a while, and that doesn't really happen anymore. So he takes pucks to the net. Gary on the shooter, and Robertson goes to the nets too. I mean, I, I think that they all work well together. What mm-hmm. really what really stands out is the way they skate. Yeah. And when when you can send three guys out like that uh, with that kind of speed. You, you get more space, and, and yeah. a lot of times it's coming out of, out of your own zone, and you'll usually try to fly one guy out of the zone, which, you know, it, it softens things up for the defenseman. He's got to get back to hold that gap. But when you've got three guys that can skate and you can get inside the zone and, and with a little bit of space because the defensemen never want to get beat wide, so you end up giving a little time and space, and they get across the blue line. they got a little more time to make a play, and, and then they've got, the, they've got the nose to go to the net. And, and again, it, it's tough for defensemen for Gariano because he's dangerous all over the ice with that shot and right so you know anywhere he's going to get a puck he can score from and like i said and i like the way that hints plays because he loves to come in and drive to the net and he likes to get outside and take it to the net and when that happens it, it's it's a yard sale in front and then that's exactly what you're looking for you're looking for pucks to be laying around there and they're not shy they don't drift to soft areas of the ice and to quiet areas of the ice they all get to the net so i think they work well together and you know, the more that they get to play, I'm telling you, those guys will sit up in the office right there and they'll put them three names up there and they're going, yeah, you know what? And then they're also looking down two years down the road, four years down the road. Yeah. And if we could keep these guys together, they develop some chemistry and now we can see in the future who our number one line is going to be. So it's it's a yeah. very exciting, I'm, I'm sure, positive time for, for the general managers and the coaches looking, you know, looking in their crystal ball. No, absolutely. And, you know, one thing that I really, well, I guess I looked at Jay, as, at Rob Robertson as being kind of the playmaker of those three. I mean, obviously, they're all playmakers in their own right, but he seems more like the facilitator type. And I remember coming into the season, Bonus talked about putting him out on the power play to kind of help facilitate things. He's really good at moving the puck. Do you kind of see that as well from him in, in terms of his game? Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that's what they exactly what they saw, and that's what they draft guys like for. They they yeah. see what their abilities, how they can, how, like I said, they can find how they can help their line. What do they do best? And so, yeah. but like with players like that, I love that you know if they can be passers and playmakers and thing like that, and not stay on the outside of the rink and not stay on the perimeter outside the dots. They have the nose to want to go in there, and so the, you kind of got a double a double fold kind of player. I mean, you got a guy that can set up guys. He has the vision, and, and he can spot people where they're going to be when they're supposed to be in certain areas of the ice, and he can put the puck where it's supposed to be, but you also know that he's going to go in there. He's going to follow it in there. A lot of guys that are playmakers, they end up making the play, then they kind of stay on the perimeter. And he's got yeah. a nose to get to the net. He makes the play, and he'll follow it up. That's what you love to see. And he's yeah, not a big guy. Not like he's, it's not like he's Josh Anderson in Montreal, you know, where he's 6'4", 220 pounds. Right. So, um, and you don't have to be in today's game. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to be. It, it's a bonus to be that. But uh, but he, you know, he's, not, he's fearless is what we can see right now to, to go into those areas. Yeah, and speaking of fearless, you know, the, the Dallas Stars had the return of Yoel Kiviranta, you know, in the game two of the Chicago Blackhawks, and he fit in nicely on that top line with Joe Pavelski and Jamie Benn. And I really liked that trio as well, those those three guys working together. Because as we've talked about on this podcast, you know, you kind of mentioned Pavelski and maybe even Jamie Benn at sometimes playing with these younger guys almost adds a step pep, some pep to their step, you know, to keep up with them. And I felt like he kind of brings that to that line. And he also does a lot of those. He's obviously not as big as Jamie is, but he does a lot of the same things in terms of going to the corners, going to the tough places on the ice that kind of frees Jamie Ben up to kind of roam, you know, roam a little bit more in the offensive zone. Um, how do you think that they, how do you think that he fit in with those two guys 
um, in uh, in that game against the the Blackhawks. I, I think they look well together too. Uh, and again, to, to talk about Jamie, Jamie shouldn't be roaming. Jamie should, Jamie should should have it be a heat-seeking missile that goes to the front of the net. You know yeah. what I mean? Like like he is the guy that will create space for those other two. And Kiviranta, I, I think he's got he's got good patience. He's got good hands in front of the net. He's got good hands in traffic. And so he's that guy. Jamie kind of plows through things. Yeah. And Jamie opens up space. And, and Jamie will kind of run into people, bump into people, run over people. And that's where Joe and Kiviranta can, you know, be part of that whole whatever shrapnel is left over. So, you know, and again, that, that's what I mean is you got Pavelski, who was, you know, obviously a, a grizzled veteran, uh, great faceoff guy, the ability to get a stick on a puck from anywhere at any time through any kind of traffic. He's so good around the front of the net and he can dig pucks out. Uh, Jamie Ben just kind of runs people over in there and he ends up getting the second whack. And Kiwi Ronta, he can be on the doorstep. He can be down behind the goal line. He can be in those little, he's the guy to me that can find them little quiet areas around the, where, where the pile is, where pucks are gonna pop out and then he can cash them in from there. What do you think? Uh, I mean, we've talked about Tyler Sagan and some of his lack of puck luck and it seems like that same uh, poor puck luck has kind of followed Miro around in the last couple of games where he had, he's had a couple different opportunities that from at least where I was sitting, it seemed like it was just a, just a hair of an inch away from, you know, going in and getting in the back of the net for his first goal of the season. Um, what have you, I guess, what what, is, what do players like that, I mean, do you agree with that, by the way? Like, did you see the same thing in terms of bad luck? I'm not worried about him scoring goals whatsoever. Right, I, right. That, he, he, they'll come for him, and he does so many more things. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the reason that we're talking about these forwards up front. The ability that him and John Klingberg have to transport the puck out of their own zone with their feet. Klinger's a little bit different. He can make that little move, and he passes the puck out of the zone. Uh, Haskinen has the ability to move the puck from behind his own goal line, and before you know it, he's at the top of the circle in the offensive zone. Yeah. So if he doesn't score goals, there's a, there's 12 other forwards there that right. things that he can do that they, it creates opportunities for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he's going to get his time on the power play, and he's going to get his goals. Uh, but I think right now, and again. For a defenseman, your number one job is to take care of your own end. Right, right. Nothing going on. It's not going into that net. Mm -hmm. Worry about the one that's 190 feet away down the road. And but those will come for him. But I think all the other parts to his game are there. You know, and you want to talk about a Norris all the time. And I'm always the guy that. I get so disappointed at times that the Norris guy's got to have 60 points or 70 points. You know what I mean? At the end of the year, they're looking at like Burns and Carlson and all these guys, and they're minus Dowdy. 20 at the end of the year, but they lead the lead all defensemen in points. And so to me, that's not a Norris. Uh, you take care of both ends of the rink, and you know you create things for your defense or your offense of players, and you know you move pucks out of your own zone, and you're effective and efficient. And, and that's what Haskinen is, and that's how he's going to end up winning that trophy someday I believe um, and but he's going to get his share of points I mean he's going to be 40 50 points 60 points whatever it is and so he'll get there but I wouldn't be too in a panic right now if he hasn't gotten that goal yet in the first 10 or 11 games yeah I was just I didn't know what I was going to get at was if that messes with him at all mentally you know because we talked about that with Tyler Sagan and getting that kind of proverbial monkey off back yeah. you know, I know he's, he's getting Sagan, 9 million to put it in that net exactly he's going to get 9 million to keep it out of that other net right goaltender 
Yeah, that's where the pressure is on those guys. So you, I think Tyler, Tyler knows that he's the guy that's got to score goals. Jamie again is different. Jamie's got to score goals, but he's got to do some other things along the way. He's got to do the dirty things, the ugly things. He's got to fight. He's got to hit. Right. He's got to do those things. Tyler is supposed to score and, and put up points. He's supposed to be an eighty-point, uh, you know, guy a year, and so that I think that wears more on those guys, especially when they've scored 30, 40 goals a year. Right. Of course, that wears on those guys, but but they have to do different things to to you know, like I've said this before, when they're not going in for it, you got to go into a dirty area and you got to get an ugly goal, and you want to keep on playing on the perimeter and keep on finding open space. It's really not helping you, you know, bang one in. So, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I can see that the offensive things are not going to wear on Haskinen whatsoever, not in my opinion, because he's he's not a guy that is not going to be an offensive. Uh, situations. Um, he's still going to lead between him and Klingberg, but I think he's going to probably, he'll probably lead all players in minutes played every night, whether he's got zero goals or he's got three goals because he's just so valuable when he's on the ice. Same as Johnny, you know, and Johnny for Klingberg, I'm, I'm so impressed what he's been working on to be better in his own zone. Um, we know what you can do when he's got the, the puck on his stick, but he's really worked at being a better defenseman uh, down below the top circles in his own zone. And, you know, I was going to bring up, because I think that Klingberg has, got, has gotten even better offensively as well, the way that he kind of walks the blue line now and, like, just how crafty he is with the way that he can get just, like, almost, like, slither through the whole defense. But I, I want to go off of what you are just talking about there, when, you know, in terms of what he's improved defensively. What have you seen him improve upon from the past that, you know, has really impressed you? Well, for, I mean, I, I said this, the, the first game that I saw him play this year, I thought all of a sudden he was so much more physical, like in his own zone. I mean, he's finishing checks and he's hitting people and he's getting more involved. And again, that letter on his chest means a lot of that too. You know, when you see a guy like Klingberg being, be, trying to be more physical and getting in the, into the piles and dig pucks out and going to the uncomfortable areas, because you're sitting there going, man, if Klingberg can do it, I can do it and you can do it. We can all do it. And so I think it's, it's a selling point for John, but uh, that's the only, uh, otherwise, anytime that he's got that puck, he's one of the best in the league at it. You know, he, he makes that first outlet pass. He reminds me of when he, that passing ability reminds me a lot of, of Sergei Zubov. And, and yeah. Zubi was able to dance around somebody, but he did it more. A clear, they both kind of do it. They don't even look like they're moving. And they just kind of float and kind of glide through the middle of the ice. And they make these little plays on the offensive blue line is probably where I find it most impressive because there's, there's no panic in their game whatsoever. They're going to be yeah. somebody two feet from them. And I know when I played with Zubov, Zuby would do that same thing. And I would just look and I'd turn and go the other way because there was no way he was going to keep that puck in the offensive zone. Uh, and, and he did all the time. I mean, nine out of 10 times. So, yeah. uh, and that's what Klingberg does. And, and I think the reason he's got a little bit more time uh, on the offensive blue line is because of what I was talking about earlier with the speed that the Dallas team has, they back people off. They back people off of that that when you want to play where you're supposed to play defenseman, they give up the blue line because of the speed and the forwards get sucked down a little bit deeper because they get used so much speed and they pull everybody down lower in the zone. There's a little bit more time and space at the top. And when you notice when they do carry pucks in like that, the first thing they do is they go low to high. The yeah. forwards do a great job of getting that puck out to Klingberg, Haskin, and Essa, all the defensemen. Jamie Oleksiak can't, can't not talk about him because I think he's, uh. He's been excellent since last year. Um, nobody really ever gave him enough credit for his hands that he has, but you can tell he's playing with a ton of confidence. So, um, but they, those forwards and their speed will create more uh, room at the top of the between the tops of the circles and the blue line for those guys to do what they do best, especially Klingberg and Haskinen. Yeah, and it seems you know. <clears throat> 
ever since he came back from the Pittsburgh Penguins, I guess it was Chris Tang that kind of showed him the way on how to play. Because you're right, Jamie Alexiak has been one of the most impressive Dallas Stars. I mean, even going back to uh, the Stars postseason run last year, I mean, just the way that he compliments Miro on that defensive pairing, it, it's a perfect combination. And like you were saying, his hands, his like he'll just he, he had a shot against the Blackhawks where he just quickly turned around and spun and fired on fired it on the net. And I thought it was a forward at first because I couldn't see his jersey. Like I looked up and I was like, dang, who shot that? It was Jamie Alexiak. And I guess I I is it Crystal Tang that everybody has to thank for this transformation that Jamie Alexiak's gone through? Because he's been super impressive, you know, in his second stint with the stars. No, I, I would say that what happened when he went to Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh gets their defense been more involved at the time than than Dallas did at the time. Rick Bonus yeah. has come in here and said, listen, we're 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 getting our guys involved in the rush. We want four guys on the attack all the time. And 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 I think that was like when when Alexiak spent that time in Pittsburgh, and that's the way Crosby and Malkin and, and Latang and all these guys, and they had guys that escape there and they wanted them yeah. to be a four or five man rush kind of team and he kind of got the green light to go and I think that's where his confidence grew and grew and grew and when you can play with those kind of players number one and and they're asking you to continue to do that and those guys are telling you to do that being Malcolm Crosby those kind of players um, your confidence grows and I think now all of a sudden you come back here Monty's got a system that he won then Bones takes over it's the same system and he's like I was doing this in Pittsburgh this is awesome let's go and so I think I think he was able to show what he actually not learned there, but what was inside him. And uh, and again, his hands are one thing, but for a big man, he can skate. He can get up yeah. and down the ice. And where I notice a lot of things with Alexiak is in the offensive zone, he'll be right down by the hash marks or below the tops of the circles, and he has no fear going down there and, and playing defense from down there. And he doesn't have the puck, but the other team does, and he steps in and he picks off pucks right there and he turns pucks over uh, deep in the offensive zone. And and again, I, I think he's got confidence in his skate skates and his legs that he can get back if something bad happens yeah and it feels like overall the you know defensively the Dallas Stars from top to bottom even the third defensive pairing I mean I've been super impressed from what I've seen it seems like it, I guess on that road trip you know they, they did mention in front of Doby you know even before before the, the the bad game he had against the Blue Jackets that they weren't real good out in front of him but it wasn't just the defense it was the forwards too and all sorts of things like that is it have you seen, I guess, is it the defense that, have you been impressed, I guess, from the top to the bottom on how defensively this team's been playing, like I have? Yeah, well, I think what they what they do is they play as groups of fives in, in, in their zone. And so it's it's more of a pack mentality uh, where they are. And so there's not a lot of space and time, and they're aggressive. And, and, you know, it used to be where you just go to your spots and you sit there and you tell them to stay, kind of stay on the perimeter of the rink. And that's really not playing defense. I mean, what you got to do is you got to go and take the puck away. And t playing defense is mean I want to get the puck back and then we go on offense right away. And so, uh, again, you, you can take a, a good player and give him time, and he's going to make a great play. And when you let a great player give him a little bit extra time, it makes an unbelievable play. So that's kind of the concept of it is we're going to try to take time and space away from people in all three zones, and but they do it in a pack mentality. And that comes with practice. And I think what they do well is they read well off each other. You know, there, yeah, there's breakdowns at times and, and sometimes from being a little bit too aggressive. Um, you know, sometimes you just have to make sure you take away the good areas of the ice and they do a good job of coming back into the middle of the ice and they try to get everything to go to the outside and then they kind of go from there. So, um, but the coaching staff has done a, a great job. I mean, you just look at their goals for, their goals against, um, and you know, a lot of that has to do with the goaltenders, but the goaltenders will tell you the same thing. is They're not getting a lot of those high danger chances right. coming to areas that goaltenders should be making the saves. 
Now, you know, we got uh, the Hurricanes coming to town and the Predators, Predators and the Lightning. I want to focus on this Hurricanes matchup because, you know, they have played two games against each other already, and it didn't go super well for Dallas. What has Dallas got to fix, you know, the second time around when it comes to playing the Carolina Hurricanes? I think they're going to be prepared for their speed. And Carolina is a team that is all about speed and pace, and they get, they get four or five guys involved in the rush also but they play on their toes. Uh, to use the football phrase, they play downhill. And it's not that they're gonna play a real aggressive game or a physical game, but they're gonna come at you with speed. And they can do that because they have 18 skaters out there that can fly. And so they play aggressively offensively. And then when there are breakdowns that go the other way, they have the ability and the speed to be able to get back by the times they get back to the top of the circles. And they can turn an outnumbered rush in and an even number rush. So they've got a team. Brendan Moore, I think, has coached them unbelievably. Mm -hmm. And they have a system that they've all bought into. But it starts with speed, skill. And I would say that what they have on their board is shoot the puck. Because, yeah. I mean, for the most part, they always put up between 30 and 35 shots a night. There'll be times you look at the shot clock and they're getting outshot. The other team's getting outshot two to one five minutes into the game. Mm -hmm. So... And but but again, what that does is it, it's a tension on pucks are going to the net. Everybody's on the same page, and so the other two players or three players that don't have the puck, they're not making extra passes. They're not, not making yeah. you know the ahos and guys like that. They can kind of dipsy do a little bit, but but those guys still have the same mentality, and 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 they take pucks to the net. So they're a team that are pointed, they're pointed north, and and they're going right to the goal line, and they're taking it right to the goaltender. So, you know, and it seems like, you know, in the second game against the Blackhawks, it seems like the Stars have maybe started to put shoot the puck on their board as well as they had um, 35 shots against the Chicago Blackhawks. Is that something that you've seen them, you know, make an effort to increase is, you know, getting that the puck to the network happen? Well, to be fair, Chicago's given up a lot of shots. <laughs> you right. know, Chicago's not. I didn't know how much it was the Stars or how much Chicago it was... is Chicago. Chicago is Chicago. So they're getting more opportunities to shoot. They won't get those kind of looks against Carolina. At least I don't believe they will because Carolina plays a different kind of game where you don't have that kind of time to take those shots. And and they've got a young team. They've got guys that are injured. They've got some issues there. And again, give them credit for the way that they've played. I mean, we all thought they were going to be right at the bottom of the 31 teams this year. And, and they're fighting every game that they play. And they're, stay, they're hanging in games. They're getting the goaltend. That's the most important part. You know, they're still giving up 30, 35 shots a night, too. So, yeah. uh, and that's not just the Dallas. That's the other teams. So, uh, but I just don't, but that being said, you're, you could get another 25, 30 shots on Carolina, too. But they just do a very good job of getting back to the areas where you end up putting, pushing you in areas that you would prefer to get a little tighter, get a little bit more of a better angle of a shot. And so, and they have to do that because, you know, Mrazek's out. And so they're, they're relying on Reimer. I believe that's what they're going to kind of put their put their, all their eggs in that basket. And uh, he's been playing great for him. And Morazic, I believe, had thumb surgery or something like that. So um, yep. I think they're, they've got the mentality that they want to protect that goaltender that they have there. Yeah, otherwise, they fall into a, they fall into a situation. And Reimer gets hurt. They're kind of the Colorado avalanche of the playoffs last year where they lose their top two goaltenders. So um, that's why they play on their toes. And they their philosophy, I believe, is the more time we put it, that puck is at the other end of the rink, the better chance we got keeping our goals against down to two or three a night. And we believe we can win if we keep it two or less. Now we got the Tampa Bay Lightning coming in town for the first, uh, you know, match against the Stars since they met in the Stanley Cup final. What has been your, or what takeaways, or how different is this Tampa Bay Lightning team now than the, you know, the team that they faced in that Stanley Cup final? 
Well, they just they just know, and that now it's about experience. Uh, they're solid. Uh, they're you know last night Nashville. I mean it, it was six to one Nashville. They got three power play goals. Uh, you know their their players are running on all cylinders, and Stamkos looks to be healthy. Uh, Braden Point is one of the best players in the league. They've got that big defenseman and Hedman. Uh, you know they've got some couple of young guys. They were able to keep a lot of players that they didn't know if they were going to be able to because of salary cap. And they're doing all this without Kucherov. You know they basically yeah. said to Kucherov, "Okay, you have a little bumper bruise, or had, I think he had hip surgery or something like that. Yeah, hip surgery. Don't, don't don't worry about the 50 games this year. You just take care of yourself. You get ready for when we get to playoffs. And so that's kind of like a blockbuster trade if he comes back a week or two before the playoffs start. Yeah, so they're able to do it. Um, they're able to do it against. Uh, every team, and they're able to play a style, a system. They play on their tools also, but they have skilled players. They have grinders. They have guys that have the ability to get to the front of the net, and in tight, they have great hands that can score. And then they've got Vasilevsky. I mean, they've got, if not the best goaltender in the NHL, one of the best. And, and uh, you know, I think he's played every game but one. And uh, back he didn't play the last game. So uh, they're a machine. And they, you know, there is no, there's no Stanley Cup hanger with those guys. Uh, they, they picked up right where they left off. Uh, but I do believe when Dallas plays them, their level will go up. I think it would be the best, best thing for Dallas. I wish they were playing them tomorrow night. Yeah. Because I believe that coming off of last year and um, knowing how good a team like that is that can embarrass you, they right. can get embarrassed by Tampa the way that they were embarrassing teams early on, scoring four or five power play goals a night yeah. when Dallas first got started. So, well, you know, when you're kind of going through these kind of things, sometimes you need a team like that to come in and know that you have to be on top of your game. Or you're going to get embarrassed in your own building. And they're going to get embarrassed if they keep taking as many penalties as they have been against, yeah. you know, against Chicago. And then I guess, you know, I, I guess I don't really remember it being that big of a problem on the road trip, but definitely these two games against Chicago. I don't know if it was the refs just calling it tighter or, or if it was just, you know, stars trying to take a lot of penalties. If you put that Tampa Bay squad up a man, more times, more often than not, you're probably going to end up, you know, with the puck in the back of your net. You're playing with fire, you know. Yeah. And again, when the puck's not going in the net for you, you're trying to do everything that you can to get a little extra whack, get the puck back, get another opportunity. And sometimes, you know, you're a little bit too over aggressive and you're taking penalties yeah. and, and you're you're putting yourself in positions you probably shouldn't be in just be by over, kind of like we're talking about Radulov with penalties. Yeah. And, and that's about, but it's about hard work. They're, they're, they're trying and they're working hard and they're not used to only scoring one goal a night. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they kind of got spoiled here. So, I mean, even going back to the play, where they're, you know, they're down by two goals in a period or three goals in a in a game, and all of a sudden, before they know it, they scored four goals and they've taken the lead. So, and that's how they kind of started the year out. The power play was clicking, and you know, so now all of a sudden they're in this goal scoring bit of a slump, and so you know they'll, they'll work their way out of it. I mean, they just need a few pucks to go in, and sometimes it's puck luck, but. You know, when things like that are happening, you, you got to put your nose down. You got to get to the front of the net and get a few ugly goals, and you'll kind of get your your game back. Hey, and the, the good news is the Dallas Stars kind of get two different blockbuster trades this year in the form of the return of both Ben Bishop and Tyler Sagan. And I am like, I was thinking about it um, during yesterday's game. I am excited to see how Tyler fits in with this whole. And as I just look at the lines that they're rolling out there, I'm looking forward to seeing 91 back with the Stars healthy again. And what kind of – obviously, his postseason wasn't up to par with what we're used to seeing from Tyler Stegen and really his regular season, you know, either. I'm excited to see maybe if, you know, him getting healthy happens. Yeah, I, I think you just said he had a shitty, shitty year. 
Justin uh, I mean, it was up for his season season. wasn't up to par, and the postseason wasn't up to par. Well, but he was hurt. He had, had to have like 18 victories yeah. this off yeah, season, know. you know? So you can't, you, can't, you can't fault the guy, you know, but I don't know how healthy he was during the regular season. Nobody ever knows how healthy people are and when it comes to hockey, you know? You could have, you could be he could be he could show without an eye and they'd be like it's an upper uh, or upper body injury we don't know exactly what it is. That's right. Uh, but I'm, yep. I'm looking forward to see how he how he's gonna fit in with this squad now that we've got some youth infused in the team. You know, because he was talking about before what it was like playing with Rope Hint and Dennis Gurionov, and he was he just he laughingly said, "I feel like the slow guy on the line now." And I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to seeing you know how how Tyler fits in once you know he's able to come back. You know, hopefully in about a month or so. Well, you know what, and I think that I think that's important that that these guys, you know, get their game back in order and, and things are going well and they're winning hockey games. It's kind of like Hugh Dobin being able to work with his goalie coach, you know, a, a little bit more than you probably expected him to be able to with this kind of a, a schedule going on because Ottinger played a couple of good games and now there's confidence in him and maybe he's going to get a little bit more of a break. If the guys are playing good and you're not scratching and clawing to get into a playoff spot, maybe then Tyler Sagan and, and, and Ben Bishop end up getting another week off and they're like, hey, right. you guys are you guys are 90, 95% right now. We're in a good spot right now. You're working hard. You're getting your reps in in practice and we know we want to get you in games and uh, maybe we can make sure the docs will say, you know what, man, if we had another four or five days off or a week off for them, it's just going to be that much better. And maybe that's an opportunity for those guys. That's not going to go. It's not going to fly well with them. I can promise you that because they're going to want to yeah. get in games. So I think that's a, like I said, it can be a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, you don't want to ever bring these guys back until they're hundred percent ready. Because when you talk about who's supposed to be your number one goalie and your number one centerman, uh, you don't want anything, no setbacks. Right. And, uh, you know, so hopefully that's a good opportunity for them to get back in and they come back when they're ready to come back and maybe even over ready when they come back. Well, it's been uh, fun as always chopping up some Dallas Stars hockey with you. Hopefully next time we uh, we speak, they, fig- they figured out this uh, scoring problem they had. They put up a couple more touchdowns on some of these guys and uh, hopefully they get all the points because after, you you know, only two out of four from the Chicago Blackhawks who yeah. are playing well, but aren't as quite as talented as the Dallas stars are. Um, you know, it seems it's a little, it was a disappointing effort, but hopefully they're able to, you know, move on and, uh, and, and pick up, you know, where they left off at the, from the first home stand of the year. Yeah. They, you know, they've got a good team in, in Carolina coming in here. And sometimes when you got a good club coming in and you're not playing where you think you should play your sense of urgency just automatically picks up a little bit. And so maybe this is one of the right teams to come in here at the right moment. And, uh, you know, and that way they get their game in order. And then you'd have Nashville coming in that, you know, they're, they're having issues this year. So you have an opportunity to pick up some points here. I mean, I, I would hope that in their next four games before Tampa gets in town, they could take three out of four games. And I think that would be, you know, you got eight possible points, you pick up six. Yeah. And you know, especially when you're picking them up against Carolina, that's important. I mean, I think it's important to be able to pick points up against Carolina, Tampa, Florida, maybe not Tampa so much because Tampa's probably going to be one of the top two teams up there. But, uh, but I think between Florida and Carolina, it'd be nice to pick up points against those guys. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think, I think the stars have always kind of been a team and I think, a lot of good teams do this anyways. They kind of play to the level of their opponent, you know, where it's like the Blackhawks are coming in and maybe they're not quite as amped up as when a, when a Carolina comes now after they just had their two games set. Right. You know, they're going to be a little bit more motivated than obviously you got Tampa Bay after that. So hopefully that's what happens here. And uh, we're talking about a six or eight out of eight total points when we uh, next talk. 
You bet. It's kind of like going golfing with me. You're, you're a scratch golfer and you go golfing with me. You will have the shittiest game of your life. And 18 beers later, you'll be begging to stay at home. <laughs> it sounds like you and me are the same type of golfer, honestly. Yeah, not sounds a lot like, of golf uh, going we... on when I'm out there. I, yeah, I, I'm like, like... I just ride around in a cart for four and a half hours and I don't go into woods looking for my ball. I don't. I, oh, no. Yeah, they fall out of my pocket all the time. It's it's not I'm worth there for it. the fun of it. <laughs> same, I'm the exact same. We need to go golfing sometime. I think we'd have a good all time. Right. I think it might be uh, you know, it might be dangerous for all the other golfers out there, but we'll we'll have a good time. That's what matters. I just tell them all, just like just be in the middle of the fairway in front of me. You're safe yeah. if you're in the fairway. Yeah. Nobody will ever get hit. <laughs> all right, Luds, man, it's been great talking right, to you. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be talking about a good uh, ho- rest of homestand here in a little bit. Like, All, right. All right. Keep spinning those tunes. You're doing a good job. I appreciate it. Have a good one, man. All right.